Hello, and thank you for listening to our podcast today. We are currently in our Faith at the Movies series, which incorporates clips from popular movie scenes. Due to copyright restrictions, we're unable to keep the audio for the clips, but we hope that you can join us live for the full experience. Thank you for understanding, and here's this week's episode of Faith at the Movies. Okay. Is it on? Okay. Hear the word of God from Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The word of God for the world. Thank you. So love is the essential ingredient to life. We all need it. We need it more than as much as water or food or air. And the Bible, if I had one of those, I'd be holding it up right now, points us to God's love and to the love that God has for the world. In the New Testament, particularly, Jesus instructs us to love God, to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? to love our enemy, and to care for the world here and now. So if you want to deepen your love for God, for neighbor, for your enemy, which is the worst part of the gospel, then we've got to read and reflect on the word of God. Yet, if we're honest, sometimes the Bible confuses us, doesn't it? Has anyone ever tried to read that sucker from cover to cover? Anybody? Raise your hand. Was it confusing for anyone if you did it by, like, oh my gosh, right? I mean, I'm in Jeremiah right now, and I'm doing the Bible in a year plan. My eyes are like, oh, it helps me to listen to it while I read it, but it's still confusing because it's unfamiliar language. The unfamiliar cultures and context sometimes can leave us mystified. The uninteresting stories that it has in there. Some of them are interesting, but there are lots that are uninteresting. There are strange narratives that we don't understand. A long list of rules and commands, as well as the gigantic heaping of death and destruction. Right? In the, sometimes in the name of God. It, it can call into question. It can twist our minds up. It can... Pr- 
prevent us from wanting to read the scripture and reflect on it. It can even make us think, is this applicable to me and us now? Some of my friends who have read it, it's even shaken them a little bit in their belief in a loving and kind and compassionate God. That's why today's reading in Jesus is so refreshing. The lens through which we read the Old Testament is through Jesus. And this is short and it boils it down, taking the complex and making it accessible for me and for you. Now, it's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three of the four Gospels. And there's some subtle differences, not, nothing big, but I'm, you don't have to remember this, but I found it interesting. So the, the question that's asked is subtly different. So we heard the one today, which was, which law is the first, Right? The other one says, which law is the greatest? But in Luke's gospel, it's a totally different question. It's not this theoretical thing about, well, what's the greatest law of all the laws? The, what was important was to this guy was, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Luke's gospel differs a little bit. The other thing that's different besides the question is at least the way it's presented in the gospels is the motive behind the person asking the question. In Luke, where it says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He's trying to test Jesus. He's trying to trap Jesus. We're not exactly sure in Matthew what the motive is, but we don't think it's great. And then Mark, the motive is different. And you heard that. He seems, this religious leader seems to want to know how to be a good Jew, how, you know, of these over 600 laws to be in right relationship with God, what must I do? What is the most important of all this voluminous ways to be in right relationship with God? What do I, what do I got to do? And so Jesus points them to two scriptures from the Old Testament. You might want to look at them sometime this week. The first is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 5. It, it says it pretty much the way... Uh, we heard it today, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Okay, that's the first one. The second one he points them to is Leviticus. Now, he, does, he leaves off the first part, so here the first part. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of you people. How you all doing with that? Got any grudges? You got to get rid of those suckers, right? All right, so, and... You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then the ending part, which I like, he reminds us, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. So those are the two that Jesus kind of puts together in conjunction. It's real simple, isn't it? Simple on the service. Real easy. And perhaps that simplicity is what was so attractive about Fred Rogers, his innocence, his understandability, his love for children drew people to him, right? And Morgan Neville's documentary entitled, Won't You Be My Neighbor, captivated, at least it captivated me. I watched that Tampa Theater when it came out last year. Anyone see the documentary? Some of you have. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix if you want to watch it. He's a Pittsburgh guy, so I have an affinity for him, a uh, special affinity for him. But what what it did is it dug into his ideas and his foundation in Christianity. And we'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. And his unrelenting 
passion for the most important ingredient in life that we all need to experience, to show love. Neighbors was all about love. And he was all about loving your neighbor, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. That was the foundation of who he was. And so out of the gate, uh, he shares his core philosophy, and it's this. You'll see it up on the screen. It says, love is at the root of everything, all learning, all parenting, all relationships. And in the thing, and then he pauses. He says, love or the lack of love. And we see that in our communities, people who don't have love from a very early age, we see the effects on that, on people's lives and in the community. There's that simplicity again. And he learned it from Jesus. Fred Rogers, maybe you didn't know this, was an ordained Presbyterian minister. He went to seminary, and after he was getting ready to be done, this new TV was coming out, and he said, I, plan, I, wanna, I wanna reach people through television. And he became this TV star, but that's not what he intended. And we learn in the documentary just how important his faith was to him. I want you to check out this clip. It's just a love God, love your neighbor. Simple, right? But over the centuries, we've kind of complicated it a little bit with churchy language and churchy words. The, describing this process of us becoming like Jesus. We have words like in the Protestant tradition and Wesleyanism, we call, we call this call for sanctification, right? We get saved by God and then we're called to be fully sanctified. That sounds scary to me. Another word we like in Wesleyanism is become holiness, holiness of heart and light. Go talk to somebody who's not a Christian and start talking about holiness and see what kind of words that conjures up for them, right? Then in the Eastern tradition, I kind of like these better, but I'm more of a mystical guy. It's theosis. Theosis, which means divinization, becoming Christ in the world. That sounds woo-woo too, right? But here's, here's the deal. All of that, those nice, fancy, we should read that. We should study that. I, I, I love all that stuff. But the reality is you and I, in the most simple, simple way, are called to be lifelong love practitioners. A practitioner is somebody that's engaging in loves and stumbling along and, and continuing to stumble towards the light. And that's what Fred Rogers, I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to. I mean, we have it baked in in our uh, mission statement here at Hyde Park, which is to... Make God's love real, right? It's stemming right from the greatest commandment. We have a desire to make, to allow God to make disciples who then take the stuff in this book and our experience and bring it out to love the world, to love everybody, everybody. Simple, right? Easy to understand, but challenging in its application. Because, you know, I think it's almost easier just to believe in Jesus. Let's just believe that this, this guy was around 2,000 years ago. He taught. He was amazing. He was an amazing teacher. He did some miraculous things, right? He lived. And then we can believe because there's historical evidence that he was crucified on a cross and that this movement began three days uh, after and God raised him from the dead. I think it's easier to believe that than it is to live love. 
we can believe that and have the correct thoughts about that in our mind, and I recommend it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, and it's life-transforming, but it's got it's to gotta move us in the direction of loving our neighbor, like Fred Rogers did so simply. We must practice love towards God. How are you doing that? What are the spiritual practices? I mean, you're here, so that's good, right? We're here to worship God. Not with us being the audience, but God being the audience. Worshiping God like as if you're out there worshiping God with your heart and your mind, not watching the performers or the actors, but you, you are the, you are the performers. How are you doing loving your family? Maybe it's easiest to love those closer to you, or maybe it's not. That's what Fred Rogers says. Love your family. Love the community. Love your friends. Love yourself. How are you doing loving yourself? How are you treating yourself in your thought world about the ways you've broken down or maybe failed? How are you doing loving you? And then my favorite, not really, how are you doing loving your enemies? Who's the person or politicians that you don't like, that you get all grinded up against? Who are those people? Love your enemy. Those are the litmus tests for our faith to grow, to practice, to move towards perfection. Not in moral perfection, but in a perfect kind of love. And you see, over the last few weeks down at the portico, some of you are in it. I'm really excited about it. We embarked on this challenge. 70 people have been gathering on Tuesday night to look at the ways to how can we live out this, this commandment to love God and to love neighbors through spiritual practices. And it's been fun and challenging, but we've been practicing and together. And that's what we're encouraging you to do. And Fred Rogers' mission was to love more deeply. He was channeling a letter that the Apostle John wrote to this little community many, many years ago, and it says this. It's from 1 John 4, 7, and it says, Beloved, let us love one another. You got it, Rob, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's what loving your neighbor is all about. How you love others is how you love God. If you're loving others well, you're probably loving God well. If you aren't, you probably aren't. That's a challenging but good message. I, I, I want to get into the documentary a little bit just to give you a couple tangible ways this week to experience and love God and love your neighbor. The first is this. Say this word with me, one, four, three. You throw the slide up, one, four, three. Anyone know what that is? Who hasn't watched the film? Everyone know what that is? Who hasn't watched it? One more time, say the one, four, three. So Rogers liked numerology. And the one, four, three he had in a couple episodes, and this is how he wanted you to remember one letter, one for I, 
four for love, three for you. I love you. You are loved. I want you to wrestle with this. When's the last time you thought about this? You are loved by God. There's nothing that you've done, nothing that you've failed to do that can make God love you more than God loves you now, before. God loves you so much. And it's that life-changing relationship with Christ that helps us experience that. That's why Rogers tried to boil it into kids. Kids, you're not going to remember anything I said today, probably. But God loves you and will always, no matter what mistakes you make, no matter what you've done wrong or right, God loves you. And that is what Fred is trying to remind us. You see, when I was in my early 20s, I had lots of reasons to believe that God didn't love me. Lots of beliefs in my head. I had a lot of recognition, wreckage. I had a lot of sin. I had I just a bunch. But I went back to church. You see, because the 143 chases us. God's grace and love chases us wherever we go. We can run like Jonah. We can run like whomever. But the 143 continues to chase us. And so I went back to church, and I was sitting in, uh, I, I chased a woman there, but I, I was with her. It was not all bad. And then, but there was this sermon, and I don't remember anything about it except one thing. And it's burned in my memory forever, a dead armadillo. I don't know what it was about. I don't remember the point of it. I don't remember anything. But it was about Jesus living and dying and setting us free. And there in that sermon, I had heard many Catholic masses growing up, but it was in that moment that I recognized God's one, four, three for me. And I wept the whole way home. When's the last time you remembered God's love for you? When's the last time you connected with the depth of God's love that's found in Jesus Christ. Because when we experience that or we can connect with that, it's a new beginning upon which loving your neighbor can be built. If you don't love yourself well, I'm guaranteeing you're not loving others too well. And when we experience that love from Jesus Christ, we can love others more fully. So write it down on your phone. Bring it up as a reminder. Put 143 somewhere in your life and ask God to show you and remind you how much you're loved this week. You know, John, the apostle, writes some difficult words after the one that Rob knew so well. Nice memorization of scripture, Rob. This, this one's a little bit harder. Yep. It says this. We love... Because God loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. Oof. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who, whom they have not seen. Maybe that's what Mother Teresa meant when everyone, when she said everyone bears the divine image of God. The commandment we have from him, Jesus, is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters 
also. And that sets the stage for Fred Rogers' second teaching, which I think is pretty powerful. He engaged all the societal issues, including war and assassinations and the shuttle explosion in 86 and racism and segregation. One powerful, the most powerful one in the film for sure, and the one that made me cry when I watched it was this decision to invite Francis Clemens onto the cast in 1968. You see, Francis was black. Happened to be gay too, but he was black. And he was asked to be a police officer. Fred did that intentionally. And then this is what uh, Francis had to say. Fred came to me and said, I have this idea. You could be a police officer. He said, that kind of stopped me in my tracks. I grew up in the ghetto, you see. I didn't have a positive opinion of police officers. They were sickened police dogs and water hoses on people. Watch this clip real quick. If that wasn't scandalous enough, Fred wanted to go just a little bit further. As Officer Clements was getting out of the tub, Mr. Rogers helped him dry his feet. At a time when our country was filled with fear and racism and hate. Rogers gave a visual of what loving your neighbor as yourself looked like. He found a pocket of exclusion and included it. He took a circle that was drawn like this and drew it like this. And as you and I come to experience what I call the one, four, three, we can find our own pool to put our feet in. Whose pool are you called to? Who, what circle of excluded people groups or people in your lives that don't feel God's love are you called to come and be with? And that's what we're supposed to do as lifelong love practitioners. You see, loving your neighbor isn't about being polite. It's not about being a good person. It's about entering into the suffering of the world and letting God's one, four, three work in spite of the missteps in spite of things not going the way that we want loving our neighbor isn't about the result it's not about success however we define that it's about being faithfulness to loving our neighbor to including more people to loving people different from us and sharing them about God's love and redeeming grace that's found in Jesus's life death and resurrection. It's about repairing the creation. You see, Mr. Rogers' last official show aired in August 2001, just a month before September 11th, but he had one more show that he came back after sep September 11th to talk to kids and adults about 9-11, which shook him greatly. That great evil shook him greatly. And this is what he said at the end. No matter what our particular job, especially in the world today, we are called to be tikkun, tikkun olam, repairs of creation. Thank you for whatever you do, wherever you are, to bring light, to bring joy and light and hope and faith and pardon and to love your neighbor and yourself. So my message for you, I think that the scripture and the documentary film has for us is, Go be like Fred. Experience the 143. Figure out a pool to dip your feet in and be a repairer of creation. Let's pray.
God of light and love, we pray uh, that we give thanks for the life of Fred Rogers. We give thanks for the simplicity of the greatest commandment. And we ask your spirit to help us in its application this week. When we have thoughts that we need to forgive ourselves, to love ourselves better, we pray that you heal that. We pray that we might connect regularly to how much you love us, not only in our minds, but in our hearts. And we pray that you encourage us as we find ways to put our feet in pools with people perhaps others don't want. Burn our hearts on fire. We ask these things in, name of, in the name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit Redeemer. Amen. We give back to God with our gifts. All of your support supports all the ministries of the church, and we thank you for your generosity.